Here's the deal with my papa. Oh, thank you for that introduction, Jordan. I appreciate that. Uh, here we are, episode four now. With, uh, here's the deal with Danny uh, uh, Sitters. We're Danny. one month into it. So, yes, we are. It. This is amazing. Well, how are you doing today? I'm alive and well. Good. Ready to ready to get going on this podcast. I think there's a lot of things that um, we talked about Sunday in the sermon. Yes. And a lot of things to unpack today. So Yes, there is for sure. Um, well, I'm Jeff, the youth minister, uh, Adair here, and uh, of course here with Danny Sitters, uh, the preacher here at Heartland Church of Christ. So let's get started. So Danny, on, on Sunday, you uh, the title of the message was Jesus is Coming Soon. And every time you said that, I just started singing in my head. So I, I surely I can't be the only one out there. <laughs> right. This morning or night or noon. That's right. Many will meet their doom. (laughs) Trumpets will sound. That's right. So, yes, and you talked about this idea of escapism. Um, And so that's, you know, trying of leaving this earth and going to heaven to get away from uh, this bad thing that we call earth now. So I was wondering if you could um, briefly touch on that and kind of uh, for those out there that may not know what escapism is. Okay. Yes. And again, I'm thankful to be part of a a podcast that hopefully is helping people to think through biblical text and in particular then the relationship that the text has to my life. Yeah. So setting up that question that you, you ask, um, we've been talking about how our origin stories, the beginning, our past shape us. But there's the other side of the coin where our future I think I use the word defines us. It's it's the question of um, what does the future look like? Yeah. Okay. Which is a it's a that's a very 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 important question in 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 a couple of senses. One is what do I believe about my future? Where am I going? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But ultimately, what does the future look like? What does the end look like? from God's point of view, because ultimately that's the most important thing. Yes. So I think it's important to begin today by, by thinking about that question, what does my future look like? What, 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 is, what do I see, right? And of course you can, all kinds of answers. One, you, you could say, well, I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't know what my future looks like. How, how am I supposed to know that? Or, you know, there's no way to tell, somebody might say. There's so many things that happen in life. And, and I, might, I might think I have a direction or a plan or here's where I'm going, but then life happens. And, you know, I think that's fair. Or, or someone might say, well, I don't know what my future looks like because God's got it. I just leave that in God's hands and whatever happens in life, that's that's part of God's overall purpose. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. And, and I would say, you know, okay, there is some... Uh, level of truth um, in in those uh, particular answers, but at the same time, I think we have a, some level of understanding what our future looks like. Oh, sure. For instance, you know, I'm no prophet, but if Jeff, you tell me that each day you're eating a box of Twinkies and and you know a 12 pack of soda every day. <laughs> I think I know what your future looks like. Yes, happy. I mean, I mean, I mean wait, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, no. Besides <laughs> that, you know, I mean, I, I think I think we know what that's going to look like. Yes. Um, yes. When with your health and, and and your weight, you know, you might be happy, but you'll end up in a double wide casket that's and probably right. need eight pallbearers instead of six. <laughs> right. You know? 
so if, if you tell me that, I kind of got a, an idea of what the future looks like. Yeah. And you say, well, no, for me, a, an apple a day and a walk around the block. There you go. I say, well, now that, I, that that's a different looking future. Yeah. Now, again, both of those people might get, um, you know, in a car accident and die. So, yeah. So... There is to on one hand, there's there's no way of really knowing exactly what the future looks like, but yeah. there are some things that we can can do to shape the future, and so I wanted to I wanted to bring that into the conversation today that um, the future and how we view it is critically important. It it defines us, and and I mentioned it, it's like the future. Can can come into the present moment now. There you go. Yeah. Even though the future doesn't literally exist because it's at another time and space. Yeah. We do call it into the present moment, and so I talked about the coach giving the pep talk, and he's up there and he's encouraging his his team and talking at the top of his voice, and he's telling them about the the benefits of lifting weights and sweating and running until they feel like they can't go anymore but they're putting in all that hard work in in the in the present moment because of the future right right yeah. to win it all to be a winner to be successful in the future you have to do this now in in the present moment so I just wanted to, to to kind of set the stage for then where where I went to in the sermon when when we think about the end and, and and I can again only talk about my my own experience and what I've heard and but I think it's quite similar to to what most Christians have heard yeah. and so the end um, you know I, I use that phrase Jesus is coming soon and you see those billboards and you see signs on the side of mountain Jesus is coming soon and 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 there is some encouragement in that but I know what the the uh, behind the scenes message is you better get your you better get your life ready right. you know Jesus is coming and if you if you aren't ready then um, really bad things are going to happen to you and so our the understanding that I always had is in the end, Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to take us from the earth to heaven. Right? And there, By the way, any, any doctrinal position, any end-time position, which, by the way, there are a variety of them. There, there, there are a lot of them. And, and, and let me make this disclaimer. I may sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I got as many questions as you do yeah. on this. And, and so ultimately, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I think we can take some of the biblical text and, and you know, juxtapose them, and we can come up with some level of understanding about what it, what it might be like. Mm -hmm. So this idea of Jesus will come back and then we all fly up and we go to heaven. And so it's called the um, the great escape from this earth. Okay. And so, and again, possibly, I, I don't tend to think so as much anymore. But but possibly, but this idea is 
this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Some glad morning, you know, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days. <laughs> just a few. Then I'll fly away. Um, right. It's, it's, it, for me, there, there's a challenge there of how do I invest meaning in a life that's kind of a bus stop or, again, I use the, the, the plane terminal, right? Yeah. We're at the airport. We're just, our life is, we have our boarding pass that is given to us by the death of Jesus, and it's enacted when we die. There you go. And yeah. we're just sitting in the airport. We're just waiting for our own death to hop on the plane and fly away to a, to another place, an, another reality. This world is not really our reality. We don't really then invest anything in our life. We're just kind of holding tight, holding yeah. that boarding pass close to our chest so we don't lose it. Because ultimately, we're just going to get out of here. Right. And so that's kind of the idea of escapism. And so for some, the future looks like, I'm just leaving this place. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't want any more. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. There's nothing but bad going on around me. Just like, bad, yeah. and I'm ready to leave. Yeah. So that's the that's the long answer to your short question. That's, a, that's a good because um, I know a lot of people wouldn't really uh, gravitate to like, oh, okay, I know what that escapism means. So that's a that's a really great analogy. Um, you know, understanding how the end defines us, you know, how we view uh, the end is uh, another thing. And I've always uh, tried to portray to the kids that we have the ability and the power to bring heaven to earth here, uh, to bring that uh, reality to earth while we're still here. So I'm glad that uh, you took time to, to preach on that on Sunday. That was really good. Yeah, thank you. So, right. So the other is the other option, or one of the other options. And by the way, a study of the end times we said Sunday is eschatology, yeah. right? The study of ology, the the end. So one view is we fly up and we live in heaven. The other is that God comes here to set up eternity. Those are two different pictures yeah. of the end. But I do believe that there is support. There is some support for that um, within the Bible. So, yeah. So here's the deal. There you go. I said it. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. If God is coming here or Jesus is coming here and eternity is going to be some kind of purified universe, purified heavens and earth, um, and it's going to be a somewhat of a continuation of what we already have here, Okay. now I have a different perspective on my life. Yeah. And so I use the analogy of uh, when we were young and, and my mom would say, hey, got to clean the house, company's coming. That's right. I mean, we scrubbed everything. And so even today when we know company's coming, our house never looks better. That's right. We, we take care of everything. I even, you know, go outside and look at the shrubs and make sure that looks good. When, when, so if Jesus is coming, we've got company coming one day. We want to make sure that that um, I want to make sure that my life and my relationships and, and the community that I live in and the nation I live in and this world 
is ready for Jesus to, yeah. to come. So you've got to have that open door and that uh, we need to get everything ready. Like you said, to clean the baseboards and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. we've, got to, we've got to get it ready. The spider webs that are 10 foot up. Oh, you that's go, right. You can go. Get the ladder out. Oh, yeah. I know that. You get it all. That's right. So you see, but this purifying... This purifying thing, explain that just a little bit more, because when you say heaven and earth together, I mean purifying, what, what, what exactly okay. do you mean by that? Well, let me just, let's just break into some of the biblical texts. So the text that I was working from Sunday, let, let, let's, let me briefly mention this, in First Thessalonians chapter 4 is kind of the, the text that everybody's familiar with when we talk about the end. Uh, so let me let me quickly deal with that, and then we'll jump into to, to some of the other aspects. But Paul is writing, and by the way, remember that this is some of the earliest writings of Paul yeah. that that we have. I mean, th- this is this is early on, and he talks about again, and and I did a little summary overview of life in Thessalonica and what they were um, going through, and and what life might have been like for them. But those that have fallen asleep, which is a, a metaphor that Paul uses for people who have died, who have, who have passed on, and, and what happens to them. And so um, in verse 15, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord. Now that's a phrase again that uh, I would encourage all listeners, all believers, to become acquainted with this idea of the the day of the Lord, okay. the day of God, the, the the day of Christ, or the day. And, mm-hmm. and, and many newer translations will capitalize the day, capital D. Okay. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a whole study in and of itself that basically means that they always believed and wrote and looked forward to the day that God shows up here on this planet and he makes everything right. Oh, wow. Whatever he has to do to turn this upside down world right side up again. And so that then from that moment on, life on this planet will be one of righteousness and goodness and the glory of God. And so that's what Paul is talking about. And when the, the coming of the Lord here. Um, and so those who are alive won't precede those who've fallen asleep. Here we go, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All right, so this is the day, the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other um, with these words. So there are two two words here that are very important. The coming, the the Lord will come, is the the word uh, parousia, which is a very common understood word for people during this particular time. Um, It's a word that is not not necessarily uh, originates with the Christian community, okay. So the the Romans use this. It's very it's very uh, popular. It's very common. Maybe that's not the best word, but they was it was understood by the Greek speaking people, the the parousia. So, for instance, the emperor would make trips from Rome to the other cities and towns and villages that were under Roman rule, and that was 
defined as, um, you know, the emperor's uh, parousia. Okay. He's coming. Yeah. And so uh, he would do that. And, and, of course, it would be to, to, to um, make sure that everything was being run orderly and to see what needs they might have and maybe to, to you know, offer some funds to help wherever they might need. Okay. And so that was parousia. And they understood that word. Um, then the other word is that we will meet him. This word meet was was also kind of the second part of the parousia. Okay. So citizens, if, if, if um, Caesar is coming to Thessalonica, the worst thing that could possibly happen is he shows up at your city gate and you weren't ready for him. Oh, yeah. That was embarrassing, right? Companies come. Can you imagine? Company shows up. You forgot about it. The house is a wreck. No dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be terrible. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. So they knew Caesar was coming and they would go out. They would send a delegation to meet him out before he got to the city. And so they, it would be like a big parade and a pep rally and yay Caesar and oh, you know and worship Caesar and and so they escorted him into town and in town the city streets would be lined and they would welcome Caesar into their city. Okay? That's what's going on here. Now, they would not meet Caesar out on the road and then turn and go to Rome with Caesar. Right. They would go into the town, and there Caesar would, you be know, with be, them. be with them. So, in this idea, the the the, the uh, Paul writing here understands that where is Jesus right now? Well, Jesus is up up in heaven, up there. Right. So, when Jesus initiates the parousia, the day of the Lord, where will he come from? Up there. Yeah. So. As citizens here, we can't go out on the road to meet him because we'd never catch up. We wouldn't intersect. Yeah, so yeah. So I think Paul now takes a a concept that was going to happen, and he uses a little flavor, yeah, a little artistic expression to 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 help us picture where we will meet Jesus. So if Jesus is coming down to meet him, we have to go up. There you go. And that's why the phrase "meet him in the clouds." Okay. From there, though, the point of parousia is they go from the meeting back to where the citizens live. Okay. So nothing here necessarily says after the meeting in the clouds, we're going off to heaven. Yeah. With our harps and, you know, and, and play and, and for, for eternity. Now, I think, I think the idea here is that we come to, uh, we meet him and, and then we escort him here. Company's coming. Yeah. Now again, maybe, maybe not. I tend to think that's the that's the line of thinking here uh, with with Paul. But it's not the only text that that talks about this. So let me just kind of go through. Um, so in Second Peter chapter three, there's another text that talks about um, the day of the Lord. Right in verse ten, the day of the Lord uh, will come like a thief, and so he, that, that's what. This particular um, section is about now. If you back up from there, right? There are scoffers who say who are saying, "Hey," and, and I'm looking at um, verse four. Uh, where is this coming that he promised? I thought he was coming. Where is he? When when is this going to happen? 
Uh, verse 5, but they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's words, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water, which, by the way, could be another podcast. We could just deal with yeah, really. that particular verse. But these waters also, the world of that time, was deluged and destroyed. Oh, wow. Okay, so stop and think about that. The, the floods came, the waters came. And the, and the earth was destroyed? Well, in one sense, yes, destroyed by water, but was it destroyed completely? Did it, did it disappear out of the universe? Right. No. Yeah. So in the one sense, you could say it's destroyed, but it's not necessarily destroyed. It still exists. Okay. Verse 7, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Hmm. So now in the day of the Lord, it's this idea of fire, right, which is in a handful of the texts that talk about the, the end times. But interestingly, as, you, as each of us are putting together our eschatological views, our views of the end times, yeah. you got to throw this in. Why fire... In the heavens. Right. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why would the heavens be burned? Yeah. But it is the heavens and the earth. And so verse 8, he keeps going. Don't forget one thing, you know, with the Lord, a day's a thousand years. A thousand years are like a day. Um, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promise. Let's jump to verse 10 then. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Right? Well, we don't know. It'll just... Boom, he will, the, the Son of Man will be there. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare, or you it might translate it might be burned up. Okay. So I'm just, initially, I would have to say to myself, look, if my plan is to escape and go to heaven, is not there according to Second right. Peter chapter three. <laughs> exactly, it's it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So if you you might want to cancel that reservation if yes. you have that because yeah. there's nowhere to go on the day of the Lord. Yeah. Right. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe this idea of fire is a purifying fire. Okay. We're not necessarily a destructive fire, but more of a a, a purifying type of fire. Again, now, this is something that everybody will have to read through, study, think about. But in my way of thinking, what, what is happening here on the day of the Lord is that there is this purification process so that in the end, there can be this unity, this uniting of heaven and earth. Oh, wow. Where it becomes the one presence, the one eternity here. Again, I don't know, but that seems to, to make better sense than, you know, we know heaven is not just going to be gone. Right. Well, it's, that is written in the same context of heaven and earth being gone. And we tend to think, that, yeah, earth, whew, you're done. Right. <laughs> That's it. It's, oh, you messed it up. Yep. Well, then you have to, I think, apply the same um, to heaven. Yeah. Now, and by the way, this idea of uniting heaven and earth is what Jesus prayed for, right? 
your will be done um, on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And, and so it's this uniting of the two. But as at, at the present moment, uh, we do have an existence here that is plagued with sin and evil and suffering and pain. And I think Revelation kind of clears that up that when, when this happens, this uniting of heaven and earth, there'll be no more of that. Yeah. We can't be talking about eschatology without mentioning Revelation, that's for sure. We're, we, will <laughs> we, definitely, we will definitely get there. But, but just, so here, here's the way I tend to, to see it then. Would this, would this earth, you know, we went to Hawaii, we've been to Florida, we've been to the mountains, we've been to Kansas City. There it is. You know, I put it in there. <laughs> Wouldn't this be an incredible place to live forever if there weren't sin, evil, suffering, pain, and tears? Well, that'd be awesome. Oh, <laughs> It'd be heaven on earth. We well, use that go. phrase, yeah. you know, all, all the time, and that's, mm-hmm. that's 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 a that's a possibility. Uh, so let me let me look at one more text, and then we'll get to Revelation, and then I'll let you close us out and tell us what we need to think about or ask questions. In First Corinthians chapter three, First Corinthians chapter three, Paul is now writing about the foundation. Now, he says that he, and I'm looking at verse 10, by the grace God gave me, I laid a foundation. But he's going to say a little bit later, no, it's the Jesus laid the foundation, and, and we're building on top of this foundation. So our lives here on earth are, in essence, to build on this foundation of what Jesus Christ laid. We're, we're putting uh-huh. together the, 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 you know, the, the building and the, and the skeletal structure and the roof and all of that stuff, right? Again, subduing the earth right, right? There you go. falls into this particular category. Yeah. Now, here's what he writes. Verse 11, For no man can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones and wood and hay or straw, right? They're, we're building on top of this, you and I. We're, we're building. That's what our life is about. Um, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, there again, that phrase, the day of the Lord, yeah. the, the day will bring this to light. It'll be shown for the work that you and I have done. It will be revealed with fire. Oh, there it is again. There it is. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Oh, this fire is going to come and purify and test and see if it will, if it will stand the test of time and eternity. Right. Okay. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. Oh. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. You say, whoa, Paul, I wish you had written a little bit more on this, kind of explain it to us. But what Paul is saying here is that our lives were building on this foundation and the work is going to be tested and it's going to be tested with fire, right? And, and, and this is in the context of the day of the Lord. Right. So I think everything's going to be tested by fire. Now he says, you're not losing your salvation here. But everything that you've done will be tested and purified by fire. 
That was not to say a person can't lose their salvation. I don't, that's a whole different podcast. Well, definitely, yeah. But in, in this context here, he's saying that there will be this purifying fire. Hmm. So on the day of the Lord or the day of Christ or the day of Jesus, I think you have uh, you have these snippets, you have these snapshots, pictures from various letters, books of the Bible that, that kind of help us to maybe understand to a greater degree as to what might happen, uh, what might happen. Uh, so again, yeah, let, let's let's finish this scriptural discussion uh, at the at the very end, the end talking about the end in revelation 21 and so in chapter 21 starting in verse 1 then he says i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away again now is it just completely gone is that purified by fire? Right. Regardless, this is what John sees in the vision yeah. of, of the end. I see a new heaven. I see a new earth. You say, well, what is that? I say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just can only read these words. And so verse 2, I see the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Right. So this... New Jerusalem is now coming out of the new heaven down to the new earth. That's typically what the Bible means in this up and down, ascending and descending is from heaven to earth okay. and, and below in some cases. And so now verse, verse 3, he hears these words, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. Oh. So this new Jerusalem is coming down. I think it is also God yep. coming down in the new Jerusalem here in the new earth to live here amongst us. Let's jump down a little bit further. Uh, verse 10. And he carried me away in the, in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And so then you get this description of what it's going to look like, the size, what it will be built of. Right again, I think those are metaphors. Yeah. The, the, we can't explain heavenly spiritual things with earthly language. Correct, and so yeah. the most precious things and the most valuable things for us, I think, is the language used here. But look at verse 22. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Oh. The presence of God and Jesus is the temple. Yeah. Right. What is the temple? It's the presence. It's where God lived. Right. It's his presence. So they will be there. We don't need a temple. We won't need a church building. Yeah. We just go right to God we and go, Jesus. We go to the source. Yeah. The city, verse 23, does not need sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it, it, gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Wow. And all nations will walk by this light. So 
those are some of the texts that sort of, that I think support this idea of new heaven and a new earth and the parousia of Jesus coming here. And then we, we're here. So again, here's the importance. The future defines us. It's critically important. If I have a vision of the future that's not necessarily doom and gloom and flying off to another place, which, which, which means I don't really understand my purpose here. If I can get a picture of the end that says, God values us so much that in the end, he's coming here to live with us. Yeah. And you say, whoa, what an incredible idea. The second idea is, whoo, we got to get busy. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> we got to get ready. We're not ready for it. We've got we've got major problems in this world. We got major issues. We talked about some of those in the sermon Sunday. You know the the um, the great divide among people. Yeah. The 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 injustice, um, poverty, evil, suffering. We, we don't we don't want Jesus to come to that. Right. Now again, when he comes, I get, I get the other side is understandable. When, when he does come back, he's going to remedy all of that. Right. But I think we've been called to set up these little eternities, these little heavenly Jerusalems okay. here on earth. Yeah. That's how it's going to be for an eternity. We learn to do it now. Now, wow, we yeah. practice it now. Heaven come to earth. And I think, I think that is a real possibility when the people of God take seriously this call to create heaven on earth. How I treat another individual right. is important. What I give my money to is vitally important. Where I spend my time, what causes I'm involved with. The other side is also important. Those things that I choose to ignore or neglect or not get involved with, because before I thought, well, I'm just going to hold on to my boarding pass. I'm getting out of here. I've got my salvation. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm it. I'm I'm, here. Yeah, I'm leaving this place. No, no. If we're staying here for a long time, that that changes everything. I don't want to pollute the water, and I don't want to harm other people, and I, I I want this place to be pristine for when God comes. So again, the future does matter. It defines who we are. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm putting together ideas for Sunday about the power of the future and what Scripture says about that. So maybe next podcast we can talk about some practical things about how we begin to engage the future today. There you go. Yeah. I like that. You know, when you say uh, God coming here, bringing heaven to earth, uh, Eugene Peterson in this message version of uh, John one fourteen uh, came to mind. It says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. There you go. I love moved that into the neighborhood. That's right. The, the the literal word there is he tabernacled among us. Well, yeah. Again, the tabernacle, the temple, is the dwelling of God. So it's moved into the neighborhood. I love that. Yep. Uh, so we got a question from uh, Randall uh, for the podcast. He said a lot to get into this week, and I love the analogy of company coming over. And I agree. We look forward to escaping a lot. I think most of it comes from what we see the scriptures say and not how it would have applied at the time. Um, and in that vein, how would you apply the calls to be aliens in this land or not to be of this world? And he gives a couple uh, scripture references of John eight twenty three and John eighteen thirty six. So in John 8, 
823 says, but he continued, you are from below, I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. John 18:36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. And those are great, great questions, and, th- and thank you for asking them to help clarify, you know, some, some of our thinking. Problem is, though, I think we've run out of time, Jeff, and we may have to... <laughs> Till next time. Yeah, no. <laughs> So, again, this idea of I'm from above and you're from below. Yeah. Again, there's, there's that idea in, in Scripture from the heavenlies above, the earth below. Um, so Jesus, uh, Jesus wasn't necessarily from this world or of this world. Yeah. But he came and lived in this world. So to me, all of those, those concepts of from above, below, aliens, strangers in this world. To me, I think they speak of how do I position myself as a follower of Jesus, as a kingdom builder? How do I position myself in this world that I live in? And I think the alien part and my kingdom is not of this world because the kingdom, I think, eventually is God's coming here right. with the kingdom. But um, I'm, I'm an alien. I, I don't. It, it is a mindset that says I don't necessarily abide by the world's values, cultural norms, what, what is what is just expected of me to live or, or how to live. That. Think about Jesus. Jesus was absolutely an alien and a stranger yes. here on earth. And yeah. the reason why is because um, he saw the world so radically different than anybody else. Yeah. He saw life when there was death. He saw healing when there was suffering. He, he saw forgiveness in the midst of, of sin. And, and so Jesus saw a different world. Right? He saw a different future. Yeah, Therefore, Jesus lived completely different. He, he really was an, an alien. But Jesus wasn't necessarily against culture. Hey, Jesus, they asked him, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Right, yeah. You know, hey, give to Caesar what is his. Give him, if, if, that's, if that's what he invented and created and he right. wants it, psh, give it to him. Yeah. But give to God what belongs to God. So it's this idea of living in the world, living within the culture, but not necessarily abiding by the values. You know, the idea of um, a dog-eat-dog world and being on the hamster wheel and running as fast as you can and, and achieving or attempting to achieve success regardless of who you might run over. Right. We don't abide by those values. Yeah. And people will look at us as aliens. Y'all, you're different. Yeah. What What is wrong with you? So I think that that's the idea of Jesus not being from here and that we are aliens and, and strangers uh, in, in the world that we live. It's like, you know, from, taken from your uh, acorn analogy from a few weeks ago, I think Jesus saw the potential in the earth. And, and that's when you say he saw the forgiveness and everything else. I, I, he saw the potential and was like, Okay, we can do a lot with this. 
I think. So that's something we have trouble with. Which says God sees our future. Yeah. Do we, are we able to see the future that God sees in us? Because I guarantee you, it impacts the present. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, you know, I got a lot of, that's the only question I got from the congregation, but I did get a lot of comments about company coming over. So I think everybody's cleaning their house this week. <laughs> so I would say, you know, the practical thing would, yes, company's coming over for a lot of people for, you know, and kids are on spring break a lot this week in the next couple couple weeks. Um, so there are going to be a lot of cleaning. And I think uh, some another challenge would be to uh, make sure that you're, you're cleaning up your life for Jesus when he comes, because we're trying to get, like, I, like, I like how you said kingdom builders. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm going to steal that from you. Uh, I didn't. I didn't create it. Yeah. So I was going to say, everybody now. That, that's good. That the one, maybe the one thing they took from the sermon is to get their houses clean. So when <laughs> Jesus comes back, we'll have the cleanest houses of any church that's in the right. country. So hey, I'm all for that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. All right. So a uh, little little preview for next Sunday, and then we briefly mentioned on an earlier. So you're trying to trying to talk about uh, the importance of our future. For the sermon, yes, I, I think I think I want to I want to delve into how the future impacts the present. Okay, awesome. Um, spiritually, but mentally, emotionally, physically, right? It's all tied together. Oh yeah. And so we want to make sure that we are holistic in our thinking, and 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 not lean one way or another to the exclusion of of other categories. But it does. Like what I eat today impacts my future. The way yes. I think today, the way I worship, the way I view the end with, with Jesus. All of this impacts the future. Because think about this. Tomorrow we're in the future. Right. As soon as tomorrow. Actually, you want to you get technical. As soon as now oh, we're brother, in the future. There it is. And what we've done in the present moment, which, by the way, we can only do things in the present. Yeah. That's the only time I'll ever do anything is the moment I choose to do it. But what I'm choosing to do now and what, how I'm choosing to live now will impact the future when, when I get there. So in essence, we are calling the future into the present moment by the decisions we make, by the life we live. There so I think is. I want to explore a little bit of that. Awesome. Maybe I'll just replay this podcast recording right there. There and you that, go, and that's it. good, yeah. And preach. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Danny. Thank you again. Uh, thanks for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it, and thanks for taking the time. Uh, uh, have a great week. Yes. Everybody have a wonderful week. God bless you. See you Sunday.